<clears throat> back. I don't. Will's. I don't know where Will went. He's out there somewhere. And we're just gonna go ahead and get started with the news on this one before we have some very, uh, very special guests. So, who's ready for the news? We, you are little news junkies. News time. Will, have you heard that uh, a certain website might return? A website? Hmm. Uh, or should I say an app that know. offers tiered pricing? Does it rhyme with Hollywood Entertainment? <laughs> Movie Pass is back. Movie, Movie Pass is back. On Labor Day, I guess. And it's going to be in beta form. Shocking. <laughs> 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 as opposed to the stellar rollout the first time oh, i'll wait till the alpha form comes through <laughs> i only use omega apps my dude i'm so sorry but <laughs> i'll wait till this gets a little more chatted out i i don't i don't need this uh or is chad beta chad i think i don't know so the wait list, there's going to be a wait list. So on August 25th at 9 a.m., you can wait to get into this. That's only two days from now, guys. That's two days from now. And it, actually, it's probably the day of. Yeah, we're not going to. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so today, <laughs> you, better, you better get this. That already happened. Yeah, you can choose between 10, 20, 30 a month. Apparently, none of them are unlimited. <laughs> really? They came back, but not with the one thing that made everyone want to do it in the first yeah, place? The only reason to do this. Yeah, because yeah, uh, yeah, apparently Mission Impossible Fallout like fried their uh, the, the app originally. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah, all right. So it's coming back in a shittier way. <laughs> cool. Look forward to that, everyone. What else do we have here? Uh-oh. We got some stuff in the news that we love to talk about. Maybe our podcast is named after it. Mm. The Oscars are back in the news because everyone, listen, it's like the election cycle now. We have to start talking about the 2024 election now. Yeah. Just that we need to talk about the 2023 Oscars right now. <laughs> um. They've done some interesting things recently, and maybe we might have to check in with an old friend to see what they think on this. Hmm. <laughs> old, old friend who's myth-busting John on an early episode we did. Mm -hmm. That's what he says. I want to know. Yeah, let's see here. I wonder if anyone has anything to say about this. <laughs> because the Oscars have apologized uh, recently to Sachin Littlefeather. Is that how you say it? Sachin or Sachin? I think, I think, yeah, I think so. So Sachin Littlefeather, they are apologizing now. I mean, there's no better time like now to apologize for this. Fixed it. For, yeah, for when she, on behalf of Marlon Brando, or for the Godfather, right? When he refused his best actor. Was it Godfather? Probably. Probably, yeah. Um, so she refused it. Apparently, my favorite rumor is that uh, John Wayne was trying to kick her ass. Yeah, you had to be held back. Yeah, which apparently was not true. Didn't Clint say some shit too? I think they just said something along the lines of like, you know what, we have the internet. We can just search. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Clint said something that's definitely not awesome. Well, let's see what Clint said. What you got for us, old Clint? Okay, that's, a, vi sweet that's a video. <laughs> uh, let's... Apparently, all he did, it was later in the show that night, Clint Eastwood went on stage to present the best film, and when he presented the award, he said it was on behalf of all the cowboys shot in all the John Ford Westerns. Oh, that's right. God damn. Clint. Hard up. Damn, that's a pretty... Wow, yeah. But then apparently, yeah, there was some rumors that Littlefeather had said that um, Wayne had to be held back. Apparently, this is was not uh, confirmed by anyone else. 
I mean, so. it's really easy to believe, but of course, know. how would you not believe that? You know? <laughs> well, do you remember like, that crazy interview on the boat where he talks about like black people needing to be grateful and stuff? Uh, yeah. Shit. Well, there's lots of that. I mean, he made fucking McClintock where he literally paddles women for being uppity. So, you know, I do that. <laughs> but but if you if you're on any dating apps and you see someone that looks like uh, John and it says McClintock, run. Yeah, and that's a it's a Chinese American man. <laughs> yeah, watch out for me. I'm bad news. Yep. Uh, some I think it was Farron Smith on Twitter had po- published a pretty in depth article that kind of disproved the uh, the John Wayne attacking her thing. Oh, I didn't know. Let's see. Let's make sure I'm also uh, quoting that correctly. It's gonna be funny when I look at the article and it's like, oh no, actually she she doubles down. He he apparently tried to kill kill her. Yeah. He, he oh yeah, here it is. Here's the article. L.A. Times published uh, today. Whoa. What? Okay. Wait, really? Yeah. All right. Here we go. What are the fucking chances of that? It's almost like I wrote this. <laughs> Hollywood loves few things more than retailing myths and legends about itself. Okay, blah, 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 blah. Um, Little Feather came on stage um, protesting the treatment of American Indians on behalf of uh, Marlon Brando. She mentioned Wounded Nation. She was catcalled, booed from the audience. Okay, but the part of the story that has grown with the years and was dredged up again in articles about the apology is the John Wayne part. According to legend, Wayne, listening to Little Feather from backstage, became so incensed that he had to be restrained by six security guards from storming the stage to either assault Little Feather or drag her off stage, which would have been wild, folks. Yeah, Jesus. Um, the legend has also been invoked in the reporting of the Will Smith assaults, blah, 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 blah. So the revival of the Wayne story caught the attention of one of our most learned and entertaining cinese and film historians uh Farron name name by our good buddy Farron oh Farron over at the film blog self-styled siren uh she writes once again we're flooded with the tale of John Wayne and the six security men her conclusion after considerable reporting and research is never happened Rather, she says, the story began as an exaggerated yarn that the Oscar telecast director, Marty Pacetta, started telling interviewers a year or so after the fact that got more exciting each time it was told until it became a persistent urban legend. Wow. Hollywood, baby. So so it's not true. It's not true. Yeah, basically. When Little Feather took the stage, no one knew what she would say, including the Oscars producer, Okay, she points out nine years earlier, Wayne had undergone lung cancer surgery in which two of his ribs and part of his left lung were removed. The real truth is he had those ribs removed so he could, uh, you know, suck his own dick. And also, I think it's, it's probably good to point out that Wayne and Eastwood were not like buds. Like, I, I don't think uh, Wayne really liked Eastwood. I think he saw him as kind of a, weird to say, but kind of like a hippie dude or a guy who didn't uh, respect the West and cowboys or something like that. So who knows? Eastwood could have, I, I don't know, could have been digging it, Wayne. Who knows? He was never entirely hale and hearty after that. Indeed, at the closing set of the telecast, Wayne, when he comes out to congratulate all the winners, he's apparently noticeably gasping for breath. Wayne never criticized Little Feather personally. Interesting. Okay. Well, I mean, but it is strange. So the only person that went off that night was Clinton. <laughs> yeah. Which is, you know. He's the only one who couldn't keep his fucking mouth shut. While we're still talking about this stuff and we're talking about the Oscars, is there, you sent me a funny article. Is there a new head of the Oscars? Oh, is there what I don't remember what I fucking sent you? <laughs> okay, so they've already reported. <laughs> it's hard for John to set things up because I can't retain anything. Just a second. Once you start paying us people, we'll actually consult with each other before an episode starts. 
Well, there's a new uh, CEO of the Academy. Oh, did I send you that? <laughs> you sure did. From the Hollywood Reporter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Apparently, they didn't like how they did it last year, even though it seems like yesterday when we outlined their new strategy. Hmm. Uh, they apparently don't like it. Um, I forgot that guy's name already. <laughs> but <laughs> the guy we talked about last year, he's gone, I guess, or maybe he's still there. I don't know. Um, yes, he's dead. They've killed him. <laughs> and, and they have shrunk him down like a shrunken head. And he is now going to be one of the Oscars. <laughs> oh, that would be the coolest shit ever if secretly inside of every Oscar was someone's remains that the Academy agreed to kill. <laughs> Let's start. You heard it here. Bust those statues open. That's and right. At your famous friend's house who has an Oscar. <laughs> Just bust one open. They won't get mad because you'll be solving a mystery. And you can find Jimmy Hoffa inside of an Oscar. Oh, man. They should fill him with, like, drugs or something. Oh, well, if that's the case, wait for us. Yeah, let's make a movie. <laughs> and then we'll bust them open together. Oh, we could do that easy. We could just make a one of those bullshit short documentaries. Oh, we could, we could knock that out in a second. Yep. Uh, okay, so Bill Kramer <laughs> is the new CEO of the Academy, and he's bringing back... He says we need to produce an Oscar show that celebrates the collaborative work of the industry. All artistic and scientific disciplines will be honored. So I guess that means that the award for uh, uh, best cinematography and editing or whatever was cut will probably come back. If you can And y'all say real change is impossible. So fucking choke on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Choke on that. Choke you on that. He is already, he says, they're already hard at work with their partners at Disney ABC. Well, I'm glad they're just saying it now. So basically, he, but he concludes by, he thinks bringing on producers for multiple years is advisable. So maybe that one guy is not gone. <laughs> we can hope so. He might, he might be hanging out. All right. Well, welcome to the latest episode of Oscar Beat, everyone. Um, we're very excited for our two guests here. Um, so, Viviana, if you want to go first. Uh, hi, thank you for having me. Uh, I am Viviana Garcia Besne, and I run an independent film archive in Mexico that has a focus on popular Mexican films that have been despised by the critics, but loved by the audience. And I truly think that it is important that these films survive. And that is why we are working very hard to find the money to restore these films so we can share them with the world. Thank you. Yeah, I'm Raul Benitez. I am a film programmer here in Chicago. I actually film program for various organizations. Uh, right now I am in the middle of programming After Dark series for the Chicago International Film Festival. Um, I also do weekly programming at Upper Station Logan Square. Uh, I am the lead programmer at the Midwest Film Festival. And uh, I do the Chicago Line Short Series for post-production features. Uh, plus this independent programming, which I'm doing with this program. So you're very bored all the time. <laughs> yes, I'm very bored. <laughs> What's, What's the hottest title coming out in the After Dark series? Oh, I can't reveal what's coming out. But are there some really, uh, are there some really like, truly after dark ones coming? Yeah, there's, no, I have, I actually have a half program already. I just confirmed one, one film today. I just, I just need like three or four more to go and then I'm done with the, with after darks. They give me six features in a short uh, program. So I'm almost done with the features. I should have, I'm supposed to have everything programmed by the end of the month. Uh, I know two of them will be at the Music Box, and then the rest will be at the AMC. Yep. But I can't reveal anything. When you right. can, sometimes when we have people on, they'll say it and we beep it to entice <laughs> It's actually really, it's fun for <laughs> us, it's fun for the audience. Yeah, sure. So there's one that's really big coming out from Japan. Holy wow. shit, how'd you get that one? <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
God, damn, damn. The, the stars aligned on that one. <laughs> Dang, and it's a shame that the film festival is not starting tomorrow for people listening. It's going to be a little while. It could but... be another month or so. And thanks for sending us screeners of those, too. We'll... <laughs> oh, that's, that's thanks to Viviana. She um, so we're reason for the season. Um, you have a screening coming up at the Music Box on uh, September 8th, 7.30, the primetime spot, which I'm very happy. Um, nice. Yes. So it's going to be a double bill of uh, the Batwoman and Panther Woman. Um I'm very excited. We did, uh, yeah, seeing these even, even in uh, the form you sent over was pretty amazing because uh, prior to that, I had only ever seen these dubbed, awful dubs. Oh, um, yes. Just truly awful dubs. I know, I know. I, I, I hate that there are out there in the world and people think that that is the actual restoration and that those are the actual movies. Oh my God, it's so damaging, you know? And I think that was also one of the main reasons that pushed me and my partner in these restorations, Peter Conheim, to say, it doesn't matter if somebody has put out in the world these horrible Blu-rays or, or you know, these uh, apparently restorations. We need to do a really good job and show the people what these films really are, you know? Because also the doubling is horrible i mean it's not accurate you know and uh i i i I am thrilled that we can bring uh these films to a movie theater because that is the spirit of these films you know these films were made to be seen with other people this is a collective experience and this is not the kind of movies that you want to watch uh without you know making without making noises, you know? Like I always encourage people in the movie theaters, like you really need to interact with these films, even if it's to say to your neighbor that that is just surreal, you know? But you really need to talk. And and I, I just love what happens on a movie theater with these films. And last time that I went to the music box, it was amazing what happened with Santo. I was so happy with you, Raul, what you achieved, you know, because not a lot of people know about these films and you were able to bring a fantastic crowd to the music box. And I think, I, I think we were there on a, on a Wednesday. Tuesday. They gave, me, they gave us Tuesday after Thanksgiving. <laughs> so, so it was not a very good day. It no. was late at night it was super cold and i remember you know driving for two hours to come and see the show that was just in, an incredible experience so yeah I, I i have a lots of hope for this double feature show what do you think raul yeah i think you know what i, I think uh it is the santa one i don't know if you were there will or not uh yes you missed that one right did you go to that one no i was at that one okay Yep. So I, I remember remember uh, Viviana telling the crowd to make shooting noises. Yes. <laughs> some, of the shoot, some of the, you know, the, the sound effects were missing and some of the, the shooting scenes. And, she, and the crowd totally were into it. Yeah. You know, making shooting noises. Uh, and, I, and I think that was great. And I think uh, a lot of, I think the audience uh, loves these kind of like participation films uh, in films. And I think, you know, we hope to do the same thing with this screening. Mm-hmm. Um, and we hope to make it fun. And last time when we did that Santa ones, we we had some wrestlers that take pictures with people, uh, and so people really loved that. And a lot of people took up that that uh, that chance to just take a picture with a wrestler. Uh, so we're going to do the same thing this time. We're going to have a Mexican female wrestler, mass wrestler, do, uh, take pictures with the audience. Amazing. Um, so we want to you know we want to be make it very interactive, and uh, and fun and not snobby. These films are, are, are fun. It's fun to watch. They're they're made to be fun. They're made to be made to watch with an audience, uh, and that's what we're trying to gear for. Mm-hmm. And I also I, I also want to uh, acknowledge what an amazing venue the music box is, because immediately the moment that you step into the music box, you feel like you're home. Somehow it is strange. It is like kind of vintage with a soul, with happy people working on it. And then you feel that, and it is like immediately you are there in an atmosphere where 
we are all friends. We don't know each other, but we're friends and we're going to have this collective experience together. And then you're there and there's a luchador and there's a special drink and there's music. Somebody's playing the organ. Uh, people are dress up. It is so beautiful. I, I mean, really, I, I think somehow I feel like the, the movie in itself is the less important thing. It's more about all these pieces of a puzzle coming together for uh, just the enjoyment of a movie as an experience, you know? Yeah. I, I do think Music Box achieves that, though. They still haven't had a gas leak fixed in there. So I think, like, that gas pumps in and everyone just feels <laughs> extremely at home there. Um, well, I mean, the Sansa movies now, they're, don't they about to have a big Blu-ray release and a box set? Pretty soon. Is yeah. an indicator yes. doing it? Yeah. Yes, yeah. Indicator is doing that, and we are filling that box with incredible extras. Like uh, Peter and I are going to Cuba next month to shoot a documentary about how those films were shot because I think we think that it is super important that we tell the people, you know, the story behind the films because sometimes that's what makes those films really interesting. You know, when you get firsthand the anecdotes of what was happening during the production and during the filming, it is amazing. And I, this is also a thing that I really love is to share with the people, with the audience, the stories that my family told me, you know, like these are firsthand stories from people that are already dead. I mean, you cannot talk to them anymore. So this is the only way that people can actually know what happened, why, uh, who, what were all the things that came together so you can actually see these films. And I need to tell you, you know, the fact that we're able to see these films today, it is a miracle because, you know, these films have been heard by time in a sense that they have never been properly stored. For over 50 years, they lived next to a swimming pool and in the house of my great uncle. <laughs> so, wow. you know, you know, people <laughs> who know about film and preparation, yeah. they know that this is just a no-no. And, and then, I, I brought all the all the films to my hometown in Tepoztlan, and this uh, this place is also very humid. Uh, we don't ha we don't had uh, climate control. Then we had the earthquake. We lost a bunch of materials. Finally, uh, uh, a couple of months ago, we were able to move all our archive to the Academy Film Archive, and now we are sure that it's going to survive. But believe me, that we have lost films and mm, some of these Luchadora films that only seven films were made and we already lost two. So the fact that we have, that you're going to be showing two films, it is a miracle. Yeah. Yeah. The stars do seem to be aligning, especially now that Warner Brothers has gotten rid of Batgirl from their uh, their lineup, because now it's time for Batwoman to shine. Yep. If you're mad about Batgirl being gone, you can come see a definitely much more fun and better movie, Batwoman at the music. She's world. grown up now. She's Batwoman, <laughs> and it's going to be way more exciting than whatever the other one. Yeah, I'm really excited to like see these with a crowd too, because watching, I started my day with these movies. And my cat normally loves to watch movies with me. I'm a very, you know, I barely move and I'm a very quiet movie watcher, but I was giggling and losing losing it throughout both of these and having so much fun just by myself. So my cat was pissed, but I was very excited because with an audience, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> we got to preview them, obviously not with an audience, but boy, do they look good. Like, Oh, oh my God. Especially yeah. the color in Batwoman, just the, that opening with like the, the two kids fishing and like the water i was just like whoa all right i can't wait to see what this looks like on a big screen when i've yeah. had an edible yeah it's gonna be really something for the music box i think yeah we had a fantastic colorist working on the color for bad woman uh his name is andrew dockring and he did a fantastic job and i remember at the beginning i was like i always saw this advertisings of bad woman that said like in technicolor but it wasn't true you know i mean that was a lie from my family to try to bring more people into the theaters oh, <laughs> yeah. it's fantastic 
<laughs> and then they change that technicolor to to make mexicolor, you know, like mexicolor. So at the beginning when I was trying to tell Andrew what was my idea for color, I was like, okay, so it has to be like kind of a technicolor, but, but in a way, a very Mexican technicolor. So we really need to pop out like the primary colors. So if you watch the film, you're going to see like the blues, the yellows and the reds are really super popped, you know, yeah. they pop out. And the other colors, you see them more like in, 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 in you know, more, more like technical uh, style. So yeah, it was, it was a, a really uh, fun project. And I am so happy and so blessed to be able to be working with people that really know uh, the, 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 that they possess a real talent for what they do. And usually, you know, these people, they, add, uh, they charge a lot of money to do these kind of restorations, but because they know my project and because they know I don't have that kind of money and they're also, they also like these films and they also believe that it is worth, you know, treating these films with the same respect that we treat like the great movies that are being restored with thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I do think it's such a miracle of our time right now where we are like resources are being spent to restore things like the Panther Woman and not just trying to find the thing that is gonna be on the surface the most like, I don't know, like culturally relevant from our standards today. I mean, and I say that, you know, I, I don't, that's just my, what I think some people think of it, but it's much, I'm happier living in a world where things like the Panther Woman and Batwoman are getting the same kind of treatment as like, I don't know, come and see, or it, you know, any of these more buzzworthy kind of restorations are getting, because that means that it's all gonna happen one day, hopefully. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, what you just said, remind me of, uh, I, I, I just came back from Locarno, you know, like this yeah. European film festival that it's super the judge there once, yeah. And and I was there to premiere Mujeres Pantera, Panther Women. And I arrived early to the festival because there was a lot of things going on and I was uh, trying to find out more resources to do more restorations. So anyway, of course I spent 4 days watching only good films in a sense of the films that are considered artistic piece or pieces of art or whatever you want to call them and then the, the the time came for me to introduce panther women and i was like oh my god what i'm doing here i don't belong here this is a um you know like a, a proper film festival this is not my audience people don't know about lucha libre here how can i make the people just enjoy this film and i at a moment I, I just wanted to you know just don't show uh, to to introduce the film because i was um not feeling very comfortable with um with my work you know in a sense that i am saving popular film but how do you present them to an audience that only is there to watch good films. Anyway, I'm sorry, my Spanish sometimes uh, is not uh, helping me to, to bring my words in English, but what I wanted to tell you is that when I introduced the film and when, uh, when I saw that the audience, regardless if they knew Lucha Libre or not, they were enjoying the film, I realized like, oh my God, yes, I, I, I am in the right path. I need to continue doing this because these films are not only for film buff or for people who love this genre. These people, these films are for everyone, you know, and, and they really need to survive. Yeah. I'm so yeah. glad you had that experience because I couldn't agree more, you and, know. Yeah. And I like that you're not one of these people out there being like, you know what? Cinema is a temple and you go into it and you better be quiet. And if I can munch that popcorn, I'm gonna like report you to someone. Like sometimes, yeah, you gotta be a little quiet in a movie, but like these two movies are gonna be so fun to like actually like engage with and uh, have more of that communal experience with the movie that I think like you would miss if 
you know, this were, well, it's just, if they didn't have the titles, they maybe did, you know, they had like a more important sort of title, you know what I mean? Like people feel like it's okay that you can kind of laugh and have a good time along with the Batwoman or Panther Woman, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's it's good to recognize that cinema is not only one experience, you know, it can be so many different experiences. I mean, I am one of those people that I don't want to hear anybody uh, eating on a cinema if uh, I'm watching it. But like, if nobody makes noises during one of my screenings, uh, you know, I, I, I am disappointed, you know, I will go and start making noises myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, I yeah, also wanted to say real, real quick, William. I wanted to say that we're pretty sure that both these films were not shown theatrically in Chicago in the past. Yes. Also, we're pretty confident that Mujeres Panteras is an American premiere. Oh, amazing! Um, so you'll be seeing two films that have not shown in Chicago theatrically oh. ever. So oh. I wanted to mention that while we were in the middle of this. Whoa, thanks for pointing that out. Uh, no, that's a little bit of a big deal. Take, a, <laughs> take note, this isn't your Chicago Film Society with the movies that you've seen play before. We've Harsh. got more, yeah, well, you know, I'm coming for them. <laughs> Getting a little too bloated over there with your big check, <laughs> fancy cars. Uh, no, this is this is real exclusive stuff here. This is a definitely not to be missed screen. Yeah. And maybe, I just, uh, maybe Vivi, we could talk about your family's role in these like uh, popular yeah. films and mm-hmm. uh, the making sure. of, of like a lot of these films? Uh, well, yes. Uh, I, I think maybe more than talking about my family's role, I want to talk about my grandmother's role because uh, today I, w- I was writing uh, an essay for a magazine and I, 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 was, I needed to address invisibility. And then I just realized that for a hundred years in my family, women didn't have any visibility, you know, like women from the family. Of course, like the main actress and the luchadora, they did, but not, not the women on the family. And, uh, you know, my grandmother, she had great ideas. She was a very down-to-earth person, very warm. And I don't know how it happened that she, she got in contact with one of the luchadoras at a time when Lucha Libre was banned for women in Mexico. This this is outrageous. And this is something that I'm going to tell more about when introducing the film. But the fact is that women were not able to perform Lucha Libre in Mexico from the 50s to the 80s, you know. And they were really struggling. And one of these women was working as um, uh, designing clothes for at the studios. My grandmother was talking to her. And all of a sudden, uh, she thought, couldn't it be nice if my brothers who are movie producers will start producing movies about luchadoras instead of luchadores? I mean, they are already exploiting women. They love to show uh, almost naked women on film. So this is just a great idea just to bring these women into the, into the stories that they're, they're, they're telling. And it was my, great, my grandmother who had the idea to bring the luchadoras to the silver screen. Wow. And it really helped them, I need to tell you, you know, because these women receive more money for shooting a film in four weeks than what they were getting for cleaning the arenas or doing some other jobs in a year, in a whole year you know wow uh, yeah so that's yeah. incredible <laughs> well so yeah. your grandma was the shit. Yeah. <laughs> okay wow yeah she was and I, I, I actually, I thought that other producers in Mexico had made luchadoras films, but then I, I, I've been researching and apparently nobody else did films with luchadoras. It was only, you know, my family. Oh, it's incredible. Huh. 
Arrow mm -hmm. video. Uh, I smell a box set. Uh, <laughs> indicator. Yeah. An indicator. Yeah. Let's start. Too late, Arrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, sorry, Arrow. You just lost out. I'll be mildly bitchy here and say if you're if you're in the U.S. and you have yet to explore Indicator, which would be a U.K. company te company technically, and you see any of these movies coming out, we've alluded to it a little bit before. But if you see them coming out in the U.S., do not buy them. They're <laughs> Terrible editions. They're not the restorations. The dubs are terrible, and uh, you guys are not involved in them. Um, so get the ones coming from Indicator, um, you know, including La Llorona that you also we also did um, at the drive-in a couple of years ago, and that screening also sold out. That was packed, and even in cars, people were honking <laughs> during that movie. <laughs> so you even got the reaction while people were inside their cars. <laughs> oh what was the other one? The Ghost of the Convent. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So, that yes, is an amazing so, movie, right? So that's cool. a startling movie. The cinematography of the Fantasmal Convento, it is unbelievable. And those are the first two Mexican horror sound films. They're amazing. Yeah. There's, uh, there's uh, something in La Llorona that I love. I mean, if you bear in mind that this is the first sound horror movie ever made, you can actually see the shadow of a boom in a couple of sequences in La Llorona. And I love that. We actually, we made a special feature for an extra in, uh, for Indicator uh, showing, you know, all these, all these pieces of history that you can see in the film if you take, uh, if you really, you know, look <laughs> properly. That's so much more bold than hiding your microphone in like a, like a vase or something, you know? <laughs> Like these dumb Hollywood studios did. Just put the boom in there. No one cares. <laughs> uh, I do remember that. I do remember that screening because we were selling posters in the hallway. Yeah. In the building, and I had a a, a, a grand like Mexican grandma come up to me and tell me that she saw the movie in the theater in Mexico. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And she had that was the first time she had seen it in a theater since then. <laughs> wow. uh, when I, I was like amazed, I was like. And so she wanted to like come and thank us. Um, we were sitting there selling the posters. So I thought that was a pretty amazing interaction, uh, considering it was like very cold that day. Uh, but we had, you know, sold, we sold out the drive-in for that one. Yep. And you know, we all have heard these uh, these stories of when the the, the 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 cinema first came to America, and they were watching these Lumiere's brother sequence with the train coming to the audience, like people will. Uh, get out now, you know, like run. Like the, yeah. the train is going to be Exactly. Yeah. So what happened, what happened with La Llorona was like, you know, this was like such, I mean, for Mexicans, we all know about La Llorona and we all have heard the stories. And what they did in the film in one sequence that La Llorona stands up and then starts kind of flying towards the audience, because that's how it feels. You know, my grandmother told me that she got out of the room screaming and she was not the only one, you know, like half of the theater at that uh, premiere of the film, they got out of the room because they, they truly felt like La Llorona was there in the movie theater, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And we should mention that these the La, La Llorona. That's a story that you know, like a lot of like Hollywood tales in Mexico. That's a story that's told pretty often. Correct? There's like a lot of different versions of that. Yeah, many. Right? Yeah. So many versions. Well, yeah. there's yeah. even a. We did not show the Rene Cardona one at the drive-in, but there's also a Rene Cardona La Llorona <laughs> that came later on. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. There's like from the 50s or 60s, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's a story that is never gonna get old because you know you can keep making new films and people. Keep, uh, I mean, there's always an audience for them. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. I, I just wanted to highlight it's kind of like that story's importance in like the film industry there because it's it's you know it's like Dracula in Hollywood. Exactly. It's just gonna keep exactly. getting told over and over. Yeah. So, so that Hollywood's going to take a shot at it eventually. I also wanted to mention, because some I know some of our listeners um, have 
in recent years, for the first time, become familiar with Ray Cardona Jr. movies um, because of some of the stuff that uh, Venner Syndrome has been putting out in that realm. Um, but I just want to encourage everyone who's been exploring those to also come out <laughs> to explore these. Um, and truly for horror people, um, I got to say, Panther Woman is just amazing. Um, the creature, the creature effects alone, like it's just, it's just a reminder of how much fun in that great scary, you know, it's not going to like say, shake your soul, but you can all jump together and be grossed out by effects it's that kind of movie and i just love the makeup <laughs> in this movie so much yeah. and it looks like i don't know if it's true but while i was watching it this time i thought tom savini must have been a fan before he made the father's day part of creep show because it it looks very similar to the makeup for father's day and creep show and i think maybe maybe he was a fan <laughs> i was wondering if fulci might have been a fan yeah there was a lot I mean, like, yeah jess franco like with his red lips by films, I was thinking about that with Batwoman, like how similar the tone was um, to a lot of Franco's spy films. So you know, I think maybe a lot of people were watching these, <laughs> watching these as they started making their own stuff. Well, it makes sense, and and you know who we know for sure that was a fan, uh, Guillermo del Toro. You know, and Guillermo that, Toro, it's, it, it, each time we have a bad woman screening, he keeps retweeting our screenings and saying, <laughs> it has a, a fantastic aquatic monster. And I said, yeah, Guillermo, well, that was my monster. And you took that one for me because yeah. I, I need to tell you, I grew up in the house where they shot that, 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 that movie. It was like our summer house when, <laughs> and, and, I saw the film as a kid, and of course, you know, I saw the monster walking up the stairs, and my, my, my nobody allowed me to go to the basement. So I was sure that the monster lived at the basement, you know. I was <laughs> sure that that was happening. So. That would be a terrifying monster to worry about as a kid, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it'd be easy to take care of if you got into a quarrel, but, you know. Very slow. Uh, PCC is very slow. <laughs> yeah. But still, I you want to see that thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, and I, I think, like, like Mujeres Panteras, I think there's more rustling Mujeres yes. than there is in Bat, Batwoman. Yeah. Yes. Um, so. Remember dancing? Yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> yes. I love the dancing. Big fan. Yeah, Tongolele. Yeah. Tongolele is incredible. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I still feel like this is a this is a film that it, it is between two genres, you know. It is like because my family were making uh, those very successful films of the rumberas, you know, like everything happens on a cabaret, and you have like these uh, women dancing, and then they switch to to this other genre. I felt like they took tongolele because they still feel like they needed like a musical number to be successful with the film. Uh -huh. <laughs> and that's why they, they took me not, uh, no, sorry, Tongolele into this film. And I also feel like poor Tongolele, you know, like they dress her as a panther. Every, I mean, honestly, it is ridiculous, you know, like that costume. Yeah. <laughs> it is, and it was because until the very last moment, and I have somewhere around here, like they were putting these advertisings on the newspaper, like that we need a panther for a film production. We will be able to pay whatever you want, but we need a panther. And there was no panther. They could not hire a panther for the for the shooting of the film. So Tongolele had to dress as a panther. <laughs> and just you know, just to give the audience uh, your audience uh context, Tongolele was famous uh like vaudeville like dancer in Mexico. But she was actually born in the US. Yeah. Uh, but she went to Mexico. She did a lot of like vaudeville and like, uh, you know, like like dance theater shows and stuff like that in Mexico. Uh, and so that's how she got into uh, Mexican films was through her dancing. And then she also became an actress. I'm glad. I'm sorry. There are two Americans working on this film, which also makes this film interesting. So Tongolele and also uh, Elizabeth Campbell who is the, this beautiful woman, very tall. And 
She became an actress in Mexico. She had a Mexican nanny growing up in the States. And this Mexican nanny was showing her all the, the, the Mexican dramas, the films from the era. And that's how she learned Spanish. So she wanted to become an actress in Mexico because of those films that she saw with her nanny. And when she started doing these Lucha Libre films, she really got into wrestling. And the luchadoras taught her how to wrestle. And she is the only one that performs her Lucha Libre sequences. And you, you see her, you really see yeah. her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she was so tall and uh, strong that the luchadora said that it was difficult to rest, wrestle with her, you know. And <laughs> something weird happened to her. It is a complete mystery. We don't know, but she disappeared in the 80s. I mean, she could still be alive, but we don't know what happened to her. Nobody knows. Wow. I know Tongo Lele is still alive, right? Yes, she's still she's alive. She's still alive. And then, uh, and then our actress in Batwoman, uh, Martin Monty is still alive as well. You got to meet, right? Yeah, she 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 became a friend of mine. Yeah, because I I mean I had to be friends with her. She was my all time hero. I love her, and uh, yeah, and as I always say, Maura Monty, uh, the bad woman, uh, she's a hero in real life. I will tell more about this when we introduce the film, but I will tell the story of how she become a superwoman in real life. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's a great way to round this out so people can look forward to going to the screen and hearing the continuation of this. To close out, I have an important question that we should round out with. Do you think this wrestler that you're going to bring, do you think they could take Will on stage? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Easily. Could we, could we set something up like that? Like Will wrestles them? We, we, could, we could totally set that up. Okay. Uh, and, okay. And we'll have Will up there with the wrestler. She can just take care of business. I was gonna say I don't think it'll take very long, but if you know, <laughs> if, it'll, if it'll sell more tickets, I'll get my ass kicked. I'm ready. <laughs> uh, you know, I want to reveal that we're gonna we're gonna give out free paper Mexican wrestler mats. Oh, amazing! Uh, so cool. To everybody that comes through. Uh, so. And I got, actually got those in Mexico City. I went to what I went to the Sonata Market, which is like the like the market where they sell party supplies. And I found a lady who had these like amazing Mexican wrestler paper masks you just put over your head. And uh, and she was like, "Oh, what are you gonna use these for?" I'm like, "Well, first of all, I need like 300 of them." Wow. <laughs> and she was like, "Wait a minute, I don't. I have to look now." So it, it took her like a half hour looking in her, in her in the back for all these masks, and she and she came up with 300. Wow. Uh, so we're gonna give be giving those out. Uh you know, as people come in, you know, to the screening. Uh we're also gonna be selling the posters. Uh we'll be selling posters uh of the screen. And then maybe you're gonna have like some t-shirts, right? I'm gonna I'm I'm going to bring, you know, always uh, something because it always helps with my work to re to keep restoring films. You know, I, I always take the tell the audience you are actually helping us restore more films. If you come, you pay a ticket, you buy a t-shirt. I always take some original memorabilia from the archive. So I'm gonna bring a few original posters from El Santo. And wow. I'll see what else I, I will I will take there. So yeah, bring some money because you need to keep us uh, uh, restoring films. Help yeah. us. Yes. Also, autograph, no? Yes. Oh, yes. I, I have them here. Oh, thank you for reminding me. I have this incredible original um, um, one-sheet ad advertising from Bad Woman, and they're they are signed by Maura Monti. Ah. Yeah. So Ooh, early. <laughs> yes, yes, because there are only 20. That, the, that's everything that there is. She signed all the ones that I had, and I'm bringing all of them, and I hope they sell. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Great. I mean, you got to sell stuff to do these things. Yeah. Sometimes. Keep yes. it going. Come out, come out and support, and um, thank you for doing the work that you do. Um, you know, it's like you said, some, you know, in, in history, films like this have been uh, ignored and not taken care of properly. Um, and we just love, you know, all movies getting a chance to find their audience. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and these movies are a fucking blast. So it, truly, if you like movies at all, you'll have a great time. <laughs> like watch, yeah. watch these. So like come out, help support further, further, you know, future restorations and people yeah, doing aid. amazing hard work. September 8th, we did at the top, but September 8th, okay. yeah. right. Thursday, September 8th at 7.30 um, at the Music Box. But yeah, thank you both so much for what yeah, you Yeah, and you know, me, me and Viviana will be there so you guys can come talk to us. Uh, we'll introduce the films. Uh, you know, we're always happy to talk your ear off of us. This type of stuff. Oh, Will's going to be greased up and ready to wrestle. Yeah, just curious. Uh, how, mu- how much do the shirts are going to retail for, do you think? Shirts, yes, for 25 For 25 Interesting. Yes. Hey, that's a great that's price. A good that's, a good price. price. <laughs> that's a great price. Will and okay. I have been talking about uh, pricing shirts recently, so that was more for just me and Will. <laughs> yeah. Hit the, hit the yeah. ATM before you get there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but thank you guys so much, and uh, we'll see you there on uh, Thursday. Yeah. No. Thank you guys. Yep. Yeah. I can't wait to see you guys and to be at the music box again. I love that theater. Thank oh, you. Oh yeah. Can't wait. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. See you then. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.